Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of The Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. If you enjoy our podcast, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode and help keep this show at the top of the charts so it can be found by more agency owners like you. And now for the show. Hey everyone, we have an exciting guest today. His name is Eric Jensen. He's the co-owner of Predictive ROI, a seven-figure marketing agency helping businesses monetize their position of authority. He's been a business owner since of age 14. Eric began his entrepreneurial journey via a national juggling business that took him and his brother around the country. Now the chief strategy officer at Predictive ROI, Eric developed the podcasting strategy that made an agency over 2 million, which was featured in his book, The Profitable Podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. Hey, glad to be here, Robert. Thanks. So you're obviously the, uh, an authority in being able to build authority and authority in your field is really key to being able to attract ideal clients. What would you say, how can an agency go about establishing their authority or, or as you put it, plant their flag of authority? Yeah, so there's actually 10 truths of authority. And we talk about those in, in one of our other books, uh, Not Profitable Podcasting, but it's actually selling with authority. But those 10 truths really are the basis for all the work that we do. I won't necessarily go through all of them because nobody loves, loves a list of just like 10 random things, but there are, there are some simple ones, right? They have a focus area or subject matter expertise. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but they really do have a focus area and they don't just repeat what everybody else is saying, right? So a good litmus test for if you're building a position of authority is could you take the content from your website or your emails or anything along those lines, lift them up and put them into somebody else's website or into someone else's emails and no one would notice. If that's the case, you're probably not very focused and you are just repeating what everybody else is saying. Another one that I, I really, we run across a lot is they do have a public presence where they share their expertise. And I think that's the hang up that a lot of agencies really struggle with. Once they get that, then the niching down of expertise in place, it's the, how do I make sure that I'm sharing all of that in a public place on a regular basis so that it doesn't feel like just this massive heavy lift. And I, I think we've all <laughs> either been guilty of it or, or no agencies that have struggled with, you know, putting out their monthly newsletter twice a year or doing their, their weekly no, I blog post. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> it never happens, right? Or they do their, their weekly social media posts once every few months or things like that. And that, that consistency, that cadence is, is super important. Uh, when you're putting your, getting your, your presence out publicly. Yeah, 100% agree. And one of the things that I, I think was really important that you talked about is like being able to distinguish yourself, right? And not really be part of the noise. And what would you say is one of the ways, right? I mean, there's lots of things that you can talk about that's can be sort of difficult in how you can differentiate yourself. So what is one of the ways that you can talk about and making sure that you're able to establish that expertise and show that you know what you're talking about. I know that one of the things that I have struggled with is that there's so much that I do on a daily basis, you know, and to me, some of the things that I will talk about on this podcast, or even in the content that I put out, it doesn't really feel to me as something revolutionary, because I talk about it every single day. So that's one of the things that I'd say as a content creator, is one of the things that like is a block for me, what would you say is how you can look at what types of content you should be putting out and 
what you should be talking about to truly provide value to your audience? Yeah, really, really good question. So we use a tool, we call it Content Blueprint. And essentially what it is, is it acts as a, a guide and a North Star for all of the content that you put out. So it's not necessarily bad to be talking about what other people are talking about, but you need to be able to put it into a framework that you consistently use. You need to be able to put it into language that you consistently use. Otherwise, you're just taking random pieces and regurgitating them. But if you're taking those same pieces and you're reframing them to fit to a structure and a process that you always fire to in all of your content, what you're do doing is you're taking and building a database that's truly useful, right? Whereas otherwise, you're just taking random ideas and putting your own little spin on them. And that's mm -hmm. a big difference in whether or not it's actionable for your audience. I, I agree wholeheartedly. One of the things I talk about with my clients quite a lot is that thinking about things, the sort of distinction of being transactional versus being transformational and actually trying to help your audience as much as you possibly can. And my sort of North Star when it comes to creating content is, you know, how can I provide value even if I never engage with the person or that the listener? How can I provide them with value so that they can make that actionable? And if you're pivoting from that point of view, then you're going to do very well in the content that you create and being able to actually be transformational and help them provide value. What are your sort of thoughts on that? Yeah. So we're big believers in give your best stuff away. Right. And so the content that you're putting out, I mean, when, when we talk about building a position of, of thought leadership, building a position of authority, uh, this is a great term from a friend, Nick Natarella. He runs an agency that helps with, uh, with radio advertising and audio editing, but he calls it smiling in the dark, right? So you might be brilliant at what you do, but if you don't actually put it out, how is anybody going to know? Mm -hmm. And likewise, if one of the things that you're trying to sell yourself on is being really helpful and helping your, your clients solve the problems that they have, be kind of weird if none of your content actually helped them solve any of the problems that they have. If you pride yourself on teaching and none of your content actually teaches, you're not actually giving them a taste of what it's like to be able to interact with. So what you're doing is you're smiling in the dark, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you might be great at it but the world doesn't know it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I, I really like that phrasing. I think it's really interesting for me. I, in my content creation journey, one of the things that like was like a light bulb moment for me, as you know, I'm consulting with clients on an everyday basis and I was struggling with like, hey, what is the next thing I should be doing? And a colleague of mine, a friend of mine pointed out, you know, you create content every day. Why don't you just use the things that you're talking about every single day with your clients and just produce content around that? And now my meetings are recorded and then my team takes those pieces of content and, you know, writes blog posts and social media posts and guides and everything from, you know, my own words. And now I don't have to actually be as actively involved in that system. What would you say is like an easy system that agencies can go? I mean, they're super busy every single day, you know, and creating content and being more regular about it, which is so incredibly key. What is one of a, a tip that you would give to keeping that consistency without, you know, adding another list, another thing onto that long list of to-dos? Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? So there's kind of two sides to it is one, look at the conversations or the content that is already being created on a day-to-day -day basis. And how can you get that recorded so that it's able to be transformed by the appropriate system? 
And by recorded, right, I mean, you just talked about, hey, we're rec- I'm literally recording like an audio or video, the conversations I'm having. It could be that. But I mean, even think about, let's say, let's say, you know, a listener is not someone who is too keen on the idea of doing audio recording. Maybe speaking isn't their favorite thing to do. Maybe writing is really their skill set. Just think about all of the emails that are written to be able to explain processes that we write every day. Think about the emails that we write or the guides that we write on a regular basis to go, oh, this is how you solve that problem, or this is where you find that information, or this is how you record that, whatever it happens to be. And we, we, do, we spend a ton of time making sure that that is really helpful for our clients. We hit send, we smile, we lean back, we stretch a little bit, we move on to the next project. And all of that time and that information, which could totally be leveraged is just left to sit. And so part of it is the mindset, which you had, you know, you talked about that, that epiphany moment of like, oh my gosh, the light bulb went off. Why, why am I not leveraging this stuff? Okay. So that's the first part, right? Is having that epiphany. Hopefully some listeners are having that epiphany right now of like, okay, maybe there's new ways that I can look at how I'm reusing the content that our team is already, or it's already producing. But then the second part, and this is where it gets a little bit trickier a lot of times, is the system behind it to make it actually work. So mm-hmm. when it comes to you, you know, when you described it, you described it perfectly what the system should be, is you record it and then your team takes it and you don't really have to think about it anymore. Like those were your words. And it was like, that's it right there. So a a good system, a good process is not one that needs to be babysat. So there are predefined activities that are going to take place off of it. There are predefined people who are responsible for those activities. And there are predefined deadlines for those activities. Because if there are not, then very quickly agencies deal with being, you know, the cobbler's kids and they have no Mm -hmm. shoes. Not that any agencies ever struggle with that, right? But it is a, it's a possibility if they don't have those sorts of deadlines and those disciplines in place. And, you know, so a lot of the work that we do day in and day out with our clients is first taking them through that epiphany and then taking them through and implementing the systems that we know can leverage their time. Now, we happen to use our team to be doing a lot of that slicing and dicing and transformation, right? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's easier to rely on somebody else to have that discipline than it is to do it internally. Fair enough. Okay. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what anyone should do. I, I really do encourage you, like, look inside your own agency, look at the skills and the talents that you have inside your own agency. And you don't have to eat the elephant all in one bite, right? Just start with one small thing. What would it look like? If you were to take those emails that we just talked about and turn them into regular blog posts, you just have to pick one email a month that your team produces that helped a client in some sort of a walkthrough and just turn it into a blog post. What if you started with that? What would that look like? Right. Or one of the ones that we love to use is podcasts, right? Because podcasts are super useful. You and I are having a conversation right now. We're developing a relationship one way or the other, right? We're getting Mm -hmm. to know each other. We're getting to know how each other thinks. We're getting to know uh, about each other's business, all those things. Well, any business owner, any agency owner should be developing relationships all the time. So what would happen if instead of 
just having those conversations and letting it disappear into the ether. You'd instead structure that conversation and say, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. I think you're really smart about this area. I love what you're doing on this. And I'd love to dig into it more and share it with my audience. Yeah, I think that that is so, I mean, it's it sounds so simple, right? And it really can be quite simple in the, in the process you go about it. I mean, quite frankly, I had never really thought about utilizing my emails, but there's so many of them. I probably have a book in just my emails, right? We all do, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and another example, like even this interview itself, when this interview goes out, our team is going to totally use this asset. They're going to turn it into blog posts. They're going to turn it into emails. They're going to turn it into social media. And that's great for us. It's also great for you, right? So it's a win-win in that, that this message is going to get out. But those are the examples of just day-to-day -day activities that many agency owners and, and agency staff are doing. And they're just not taking advantage of thinking, what's next? Not because they can't, because they just don't have the system in place. So every time mm -hmm. they want to transform it, it feels like this heavy lift. It feels like reinventing the wheel. It feels like it's something that's just added to the pile of to-dos. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, and it sounds like you can as well, once you get the systems in place, it doesn't feel that way anymore. It just gets done. And I mean, even to me, in a lot of cases, it, it's uh, it's fun too. You know, like the pieces that I'm actually involved with, I, I enjoy the pieces that I have engaged with, right? And I get to choose which types of pieces of content, you know, give me energy, give me motivation. One of the the things that I think is really important for us to to touch on too is, you know, there's so many different forms of content that are out there. And selecting the, the format of what it is that you're actually going to be putting out there is, you know, can be a challenge in and of itself. And then once you have that content created, how do you leverage it and use it so that you have listeners and people using it? You know, it's not that you just publish a blog post and people are going to come in the masses to read it, you know? So how do you choose the right piece of content for you? And then how do you make sure that you're leveraging it to get it in front of people? You bet. So the, the first question we always ask is, do you prefer to speak or do you prefer to write? And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just which, which is a skill set that you naturally have. Many agency owners are very good at speaking. That's what they do. They're good at schmoozing with people. They're good at pitching. They're good at presenting, right? That's, that's how they've been able to keep their business going. They're good at being able to talk to people. So for many of them, speaking is a natural segue for their talents. But depending on what your answer is, is going to depend on what the sort of what we call cornerstone content you're going to want to create. So cornerstone content for us is a very specific term. All right. So cornerstone content is something that is regular. And by that, we mean it's not only consistent in when it goes out, where it goes out, but what it talks about. Remember that, that focus, that niche that, you know, expertise mm -hmm. needs to have. And it is meaty enough to slice and dice. So you can actually take it and you can transform it into different things. So this podcast, easy to do that with, right? Some of those emails that we talked about, easy to do that with. A little bit tougher to take a Facebook post and turn it into a lot of different assets. Not impossible with the right, right heavy lift and creative mind, but, but you're, trying, you're trying to work your way up the mountain in that case rather than mm -hmm. down the mountain. Yeah. Um, so it needs to be meaty and it needs to not be a one-trick pony. So that's a little bit harder concept. One-trick pony means that it doesn't just live in one place. It can actually be used across the board in many different places. So 
let's say you built a community on Facebook, you have all of your content on Facebook, you have all those relationships on Facebook and Facebook goes, no, you're not left with anything, right? You don't actually own that content and you can't move it anywhere else and it doesn't live anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so ideally it is content that can be proliferated across many different platforms so that you get more leverage for your time. So that's the first thing to kind of think about when you're thinking about your cornerstone content is write or speak. And what does cornerstone content mean? It doesn't mean that you're just going and writing a bunch of tweets and saying, woo, I did it. Okay. The other thing to keep in mind is context. Okay. So there are some things that are lower context and there are some things that are higher context. Video is the highest context. You have visual, you have audio, you can strip that audio out, you can get a transcript and you have written. You have all sorts of different assets that come from one activity because that one activity is recorded in multiple formats, right? So there's lots of context around that conversation from many angles. Mm -hmm. Writing has the lowest context. So you actually have to work it up the chain if you want to put it in other platforms. One of the benefits that many agency owners have going for them, like I said, they don't mind speaking, right? So, so they have options in video, they have options in podcasts, they have options in some of those more high context. So video is highest, podcast or, or recording interviews is second, and then writing is, is typically third. You can get some stuff that's a little bit in between when it comes to like doing primary research or things along those lines, just because while yes, they are writing, it's actually pretty easy to be able to turn that into higher context information because not that hard to do a webinar on this, not that hard to, you know, record additional podcasts or video series off of. So ideally, if you are choosing the, the type of content you want to create, you want to go the highest content you're comfortable with. Most people are not comfortable with video. Just going to put that out there. I mean, I, I will admit on this podcast that the first video I did, I was, it was bad. I like had pre-written a script and I mean, now I do video all the time and I've gotten so much more comfortable with it. But the first video I did literally had my husband holding a phone with a script above the phone. And I, I probably spent like two <laughs> hours trying to read this script and it was just so bad. Now, I, I mean, I'm now we're putting out videos every week and, and that's, that's fine. And I'm really comfortable in front of the camera now, but totally hear that and will echo that getting in front and, and video can be quite stressful at first. Yeah, it, it can be really stressful. And it's not only stressful for you in one, I think none of us are very comfortable in front of a camera. Maybe, maybe there's somebody who is naturally, but I, I don't know many, but you got to pay attention me. to your background. You got to pay attention to your lighting. You got to pay attention to, right, whether or not your eyes are moving back and forth as you read your script or what, whatever it happens to be. Now, let's say you want to have a conversation like what we're having right now. Ooh, now you've doubled the complication and your guest probably doesn't have the same amount of practice that you do, right? So, so I think there's a happy medium. One of the reasons why a lot of our clients end up working with us on podcasts is because it's that highest context that they're comfortable being able to do without adding that additional complexity that comes from mm -hmm. video. But if you're game for video, like if you're listening and you're game for video, you have the setup, you have the skill set. Or maybe you just have the tenacity to work through the, I'm going to suck for a while, right? Then fantastic. Do it. You know, put in the work. It's 
you're always going to look at your early stuff and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I published that. Don't worry about that. That's true of everything mm-hmm. you're ever going to do. And, you know, em- embarrassment is just the price of, of competence. And so you can do that stuff. And, and I hope that what I'm laying out here is just a, a place to start, not necessarily saying what's possible or impossible. You could also even highlight it like I did recently. I was doing a training in my program last week where I actually was showing an old video of mine and a newer video of mine and like poking fun of myself of an oh, older yeah. video and like utilizing it as a teaching lesson. <laughs> like this is what you don't want to do. <laughs> Horrific. And see, this is what we're talking about when it comes to transparency, expertise, teaching, like all those things that come through. You know, that's a great example of being able to take it and you're leveraging old content yet again, right? So it's yeah. not just it's not just getting shoved under your your virtual bed gathering dust, right? You're actually bringing it out, you're dusting it off and you're saying, "Okay, what can we do with this?" And agencies, oh my goodness, are they guilty of having tons of stuff mm-hmm. under their digital beds gathering dust. Super helpful in everything that we've covered today, Eric. It's been just a pleasure having you. Listeners, Eric is actually offering a free copy of his book, Sell with Authority. So if you go to protectiveroi.com forward slash free book, there's a dash in between. I'll also include a link to this in the show notes. Thank you again, Eric, for for joining us. It's just has been a phenomenal pleasure having you on the show. Well, this is fun. I nerd out on this stuff. So I'm always happy to chat about it. Thanks for having me. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I wanna deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.